Welcome to Create Photography, a podcast all about the creative side of photography. This is Daniel Sig. In today's episode, I want to talk about depth, specifically about image depth. problem we have as photographers is that images are two-dimensional representations of a three-dimensional space. So typically we'd like to add some depth to our images and there are some actually specific techniques that I'd like to talk about today. Now sometimes this is not a problem and sometimes we do not want to create more depth to our images. Maybe we actually prefer to have more of a flat look. But I would argue in the majority of cases, having more depth in an image just overall helps with the impression and again, helps us represent this two-dimensional image as a three-dimensional space. So today I want to talk about ways on how we can create more depth to our images. Specifically, I have 10 points that I'd like to briefly discuss on how we can create more depth. At the end, I want to kind of then summarize all that and really focus on two key elements as a kind of a thing to remember. Let's start with number one. Use foreground, middle ground, and background. Now, of course, this sounds super simplistic, but I think it's a very powerful approach if used deliberately. And it is very simple to do it in most cases. So basically we're looking for something that draws us into the image, so the foreground. And then often in the middle ground, our subject may be, but you know, in a landscape, we can argue everything is the subject, but, and then we have our background. And so, yeah, just by using this simple rule, we can actually create more depth. So for example, if we photograph, let's say a skyline and all we photograph is the skyline and some sky as the background, it, the image may just not have as much depth, but if we add something interesting in the foreground, the viewer is now drawn into the image and the image becomes more interesting. So another very common way how we can create more depth, and now this brings us to number two, is depth through perspective, point of view, leading and converging lines. The perspective of any photograph is that of the photographer, or to be more precise of the lens and how the lens and the sensor is relative to the image. And of course, the geometry in a photograph then depends on that angle and that position. So for example, if we photograph a tall building and we photograph it up, so to say we're looking up, then we will have actually converging lines on the top just by the nature of how we're positioning our lens and sensor relative to the subject. But if we're photographing the the building straight on basically parallel if you will or um, then 
we will actually um, not have uh, we will have straight lines and we have a different um, different perception will actually will be most likely much more flat versus the other way that I just described. So as we are moving around, we create angles, lines and shapes that are created of objects that we are photographing. A typical example of creating and exaggerating such depth through perspective is through leading lines. For example, of streets or train tracks or fences or other lines that we have in our images. A wide angle lens, so let's say a 35 millimeter or 28, 24 millimeters, or even wider can exacerbate that effect. Other examples are alleys with trees or lines created by outsides or insides of buildings. And of course, there are many more examples for that, but that was number two. The third technique is to simply overlap subjects or you know foreground and middle ground for example so maybe if you're doing street photography you may have some sort of a silhouette of a person that we partially overlap with the middle ground where our you know maybe interest or main interest lies and then we'll have in the background we may have some lights or something like that so so the overlapping technique again creates this perception of 3d and is a very simple but also powerful technique to create depth in our images. Another related technique is framing a subject, and um, that's number four now. So framing a subject means that we're usually creating some sort of a frame that is part of the image through which we're looking. Um, you know, it could be as simple as actually looking out from a window and the, you know, letting the, the walls of the window and everything go dark. And then really the interest is, of course, in what's framed within that window. So it's kind of a literal frame. But, you know, we can use other things for framing. It could be framing through... Um, uh, trees or tree branches or you know leaves or something like that and you know there are many other ways on how we can actually frame and often the the framed subject then is actually going to be in the foreground of what we're framing with i should say so that was number four number five uh, is creating layers by typically photographing through something Saul Leiter, who I like to talk about, has done that a lot and was probably one of the pioneers in using that technique of creating really depth to his images with a variety of techniques. But So, for example, what he liked to do, and I talked about that in previous episodes, is shooting through either condensated windows or partially fogged up windows or combinations of thereof. And that alone creates this additional dimension that, you know, now we have something that's in front of us and this perception that we have more depth to the, to the entire image. Um, he's also, Saul has done a lot of overlapping uh, as well in his imagery, and you see that a lot generally in street photography as well, because, you know, streets tend to be busier, and so it lends itself to do overlapping as well. 
But so creating layers, you know, windows can be something like that. It can be even window reflections. You know, it doesn't need to be condensation. And, you know, with the more modern windows, we get less and less condensation. Um, but um, it could be, you know, rain, raindrops on, on glass too, but reflections works well too. And, you know, there, there are other techniques as well. We can photograph through some fabric um, that can, again, create, kind of a more of a mysticism maybe to the to the image as well and so forth so there are many examples so that was number five number six is using selective focus and using a narrow depth of field so this is a very simple but powerful technique where you know we create this perception of depth because now we have something in focus and usually then the areas that are not in focus our eye kind of tells us that you know that th this is deeper it's further behind or in front of us depending on you know where we're focusing and so it creates this this perception of depth just by having this narrow depth of field and um, any of those techniques, and I'll talk about that more, but any of those techniques, of course, can be combined with each other. So that was number six, selective focus and narrow depth of field. Another um, technique is using optics, optics of the lens. So that's number seven. So if we're using wide angle lenses, wider than 50 millimeters for full frame format, then we can exaggerate the perception of depth. And longer lenses tend to compress the background and the foreground. So we're not necessarily getting more depth, but we're actually getting less depth. Unless again, we're using other techniques to kind of overcome the issues with the longer lenses, such as, for example, as I just mentioned, narrow depth of field, or shooting through something and creating foreground, middle ground, background, and so forth. So, but generally speaking, so number seven, um, using wider angle lenses can create more depth. That is not to say, of course, that you cannot create depth with 50 millimeters or longer. Again, example, Saul Leiter, he photographed quite a bit with longer lenses and was very successful in creating depth through other techniques. Number eight, light and shadows. Of course, we can create depth with with light and shadows. So one example that just comes to mind is, let's say we're photographing a building and just before we started to take the photograph, clouds came before the sun. So before that, the sun you know, was out and we had a lot of sh highlights and shadows on the building. And as soon as we're losing these highlights and shadows, the image becomes what we often call flatter. So, but if we're now in a situation where we have more direct light and harder shadows and things like that, that I talked about in earlier episodes as well, then we will have a situation where we're again creating more depth in our image. Playing with light and shadows definitely helps with creating more depth in the image as well. Could also be another example if we're photographing a mountain that has a lot of texture to it and again we're losing the sunlight for a moment we'll see how the image becomes much more flat and then as soon as the sun comes back out we'll see 
this more 3D effect by the light and by the more pronounced lights and shadows. And that brings us to number nine, um, color contrast, but also general brightness contrast in black and white and in color helps us as well in creating depth. So we can leverage color contrast to create depth. We can seek out situations where we have more contrast naturally. And typically in those situations, we have, again, a perception of having more depth in our images. Whereas, you know, where we have uh, an image that has perhaps very little color contrast and no other elements that we talked about before that can become very flat. And that may be on purpose. Sometimes, you know, artistically, we do not want to create this 3D depth and we may want to create that. But if we want to create it, color contrast and just general contrast increase help us in creating more depth. Okay, and now we're already at number 10, emotion. So great photographs evoke emotion. They are about depth of feeling and not necessarily about depth of field. That's actually a quote by Peter Adams. So the quote is really to be precise. Great photography is about depth of feeling and not depth of field. Now, ironically, depth of field does help us with depth. but um, of the image, but, you know, having emotion and getting evoking emotion and having an emotional connection to the image helps also with the feeling of depth. Because at the end of the day, we're looking at a two-dimensional image, of course. So I know this is a brief episode, but I think it's a potentially important one. And it's also something we, we shouldn't necessarily overthink. I think it's just something that if we feel like our images lack depth, maybe it's worthwhile to look at, you know, why does it lack depth? Are they just generally flat? There's no contrast in them. Or, you know, do we not use foreground effectively, middle ground and background? Or, you know, we don't have good color contrast or whatever it may be, or leading lines. So anyway, to summarize, we discussed 10 strategies on how to create depth in our images. Number one, use foreground, middle ground, and background. Number two, use depth through perspective, point of view, leading and converging lines. Number three, use overlapping of various elements in your image. Number four, frame your subject. Number five, create layers by photographing through something. Number six, use selective focus and narrow depth of field. Number seven, leverage the optics of your lens, in particular wide-angle lenses. Number eight, use light and shadows. Number nine, use color contrast, but also brightness contrast. And number 10, use emotion and try to evoke emotion with your images and an emotional connection with the viewer. As I mentioned before, we can use each one of those to create depth, each one of those strategies, and there might be more. I just tried to kind of focus on the ones that I found and came to mind. But of course, we can combine any of those. We do not have to overthink this, of course, as I mentioned before. But if we do feel 
that our images lack depth, perhaps we can consider using one or two of those techniques to more deliberately create depth in our images. I think we may do a lot of these things intuitively already. And, you know, a lot of these composi compositional tricks or strategies like leading lines are very powerful, not only to create depth, but they, you know, they also help us lead our eyes to, to other things within the image and they draw us in really more effectively. So, for example, we could combine leading lines with narrow depth of field. And, you know, that's actually something that works quite well. And you don't even need that many image elements in your image to create a fairly interesting image. So, but if we want to keep it really, really simple and not have to think about 10 things, I would suggest the following. Just use foreground, middle ground and background in your images and try to evoke emotion. I think if we do those two things, and you know, with evoking emotion, I of course also mean telling a story or telling, you know, conveying a certain mood. I think that all, you know, I would lump that all together. But if we can do all those things, I think we have a stronger image. It may not be great, but you know, I think it will be stronger. So the emotion part or the storytelling part, the mood part, is actually the part that I think is hard. I think all the techniques that I talked about, they're in theory fairly easy. You know, those nine other strategies, one to nine are fairly easy, but the emotion is actually hard. And, you know, we know it when we look at our images, I think. So I hope you found this helpful. I really appreciate you guys listening to that as always. If you have any comments, you can always leave them in the comments section at, in the show notes. I'll try to leave some examples in the show notes at danielsigphotography.com forward slash episode 021. And yeah, thanks so much for listening and talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.